Superpowers on the Superpower Up podcast, the show that lifts the voice of love from orgasms to superpowers and everything in between. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sex, Love, and Superpowers podcast show. I'm your host, Tatiana Berenday, and I'm so delighted to finally have with me today Wow on the show. Uh, we are going to be discussing the language of inclusion, welcome, and empowerment with you all today. And this is going to be a fun conversation. I can just feel it. Let me tell you a little bit about Wow before we dive in today. Wow has been called a tsunami of wisdom-packed quotes, world-class artistic expressions, and life-evolving learning presentations. From Forbes to the Pentagon to private sessions, Every encounter is a portal into personal clarity, cultural healing, and growth acceleration. She's an urban shaman with a Harvard degree, an international award-winning writer, and a highly sought-after mentor. And while her evolution-inducing intensity isn't for everyone, the individuals and organizations with whom she chooses to work, including early-stage entrepreneurs, seasoned CEOs, global activists, UN-level thought leaders, and best-selling authors consistently love learning how to better bridge intersectional divides and compost divisiveness into empowerment. Welcome to the show, my dear. So absolutely delighted that we pulled this off. I can't <laughs> Yeah, me too. So... Um, we're gonna we're gonna break before we dive into the the meat and the juice of this conversation. But before we break, I would just love to. I, I can't wait to hear your answer to the question: What are your superpowers? <laughs> <laughs> okay, the short version. <laughs> the short version is that I have a cellular cellular level commitment to loving people into their greatness. And so that means that I'm open to seeing what their what's next is, whether they can or not. Mm. And having the skill set that I have to help lift people up. I handled my first gang rape survivor when I was 11. And so at 60, I've been on call for the planet for 49 years. So I have a very extensive toolkit. And so the combination of being able to see what most people cannot see about themselves and then being able to love on them with uh, this prodigious tool set with which I've been graced, you put those two together and I am an accelerator for anybody who is willing to do the work with me. And that's my bliss on top of everything else. Cause you can have superpowers till the cows come home. And if it's not your bliss, then you're not going to really use those to their fullest extent. Mm-hmm. I'm in my bliss all the time. Wow, how's your day? On a scale of one to 10, I'd give it about a 4,700. <laughs> okay. So yeah, all of that. It's my joy and my feeling so privileged and honored to be able to love people in their greatness all the time. Mm, I love it. All right. So I'm sure if you're listening to this right now, you're, I hope you're already getting excited. Um, you can tell just by the way JWoww languages things that there is something unique and special and very different here. And so I'm just so thrilled to get to dive into that with you all after this quick break. We're here with JWoww. We're talking about the language of inclusion, welcome and empowerment. Don't go anywhere and fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a good one. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. 
Hello, everyone. This is Tonya Don Reckla, Executive Director of Superpower Experts. And we want to thank each of you for making Superpower Up the number one podcast network for personal development and spiritual growth. Because people like you have the courage to say that mindfulness, healthy living, disrupting reality, the pursuit of consciousness, responsible entrepreneurship, and radical parenting matter. We now amass over 1 million downloads monthly in more than 90 countries. Our numbers keep growing because there are far more people willing to live divergently than mass media wants to acknowledge. For you, the change makers, the light bearers, the way showers, we say thank you. If you're ready to take the next step in your evolution, go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz. And as Neva Lee Rekla, our youngest podcaster, likes to remind us, remember, we all have superpowers and we can change the world. All right. Okay. So I don't even know where to begin. Well, I do know where to begin because I wrote myself a little note of where to begin. But I, I think it's just important to maybe caveat. I don't know exactly the timing of when this is going to air. I don't know if it's going to be pre or post election. I have no idea. None of us know what is happening on this planet right now, where the world is going. We are in unprecedented territory. Um, yes, sir which is why I think what you're bringing forward is so crucially important in this time, because it is a time of unknown. Um, and there's a lot of conversation, especially in, um, I'll say more, more liberal spaces for lack of a, a better term to put on it in this moment about inclusivity and about making space for, marginalized populations right um and you you have a very unique spin on this and and i think a really valuable one so let's talk let's let's start out by talking about what's the difference because i i was you know i was going to call this a language of inclusivity and you said no we're going to call it the language of inclusion welcome and empowerment and and so why the difference what's the difference between inclusivity and inclusion and why is that distinction important okay so i'm going to do this in small bites okay because my thing is language so i all that stuff i said about my superpowers and loving people and their greatness and all that it comes the way that i do that part of that sub superpower if you will is the precision of my languaging I would absolutely agree. In my experience with you, that is 100%, 1,000% accurate. Thank you very much. So even when you talk about superpowers, the way that I define power is power is the ability to influence that which is not our isness. Okay? I'm pausing for a moment because I, I, I feel like it's important to do so um, because the way you speak is is so Full and rich and purposeful. So will you say that again, please? I will. Power on planet JWoww is defined as the ability to influence that which is not our isness. Mm. That takes the stigma, the shaming, the fear, the tin godding out of power. Mm -hmm. So, for example, I just had a course that I'm uh, and, you know, I'm going to talk about things that I'm doing because I make sure that the things that I do are timeless. So it's not going to matter when this airs. Mm -hmm. So I've got a course called Ending Racism, a conversation 
for white parents of white children. And one of the things that I say is you have power over your children. If you have a, po- if you have a problem with having power over somebody, here's the definition and get over yourself because you decide whether or not they sit in a dirty diaper. That's called power over. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Let's get rid of the stigma and just make sure that you use your power and or your superpowers well. Yeah, and responsibly. Exactly. Be accountable. Mm-hmm. So when I talk about inclusion versus inclusivity, inclusivity is a subset of inclusion. Inclusivity is inclusion around diversity. That's literally what the word means. Inclusivity is inclusion in the realm of diversity. I'm not just interested in that. I'm interested in all inclusion. Anybody who's met me will tell you I am a yuppie. I want all the things. (laughs) All right. So if there's something bigger than what you offered me, I'm going to want that. (laughs) (laughs) That's real. Okay. So, uh, so inclusion, I talk about being inclusionary. I talk about inclusion, not inclusivity, right? I talk about being inclusionary, not inclusive. And because. Yeah, because why? Because, because the inclusion means that I can use that specific word and its nuanced connotations and feelings um, as well as its denotation. There is no limit on inclusion. It's either in or out. It's just that it gets real simple. Inclusivity is inclusion around diversity. Okay. And I'm like, I'm just, when I talk about inclusion, I'm talking about in or out because then I can talk about discernment. I can talk about the membrane between inclusion and exclusion. People have said to me, well, you're include, you know, you're inclusive or, you know, you're doing this inclusion thing and I see you excluding people. I'm like, well, that's why there's an inclusion because there's a not in. <laughs> okay, like that's the, that's the whole point is there's a notness to the inness of this inclusion. If you are a KKK member or a Nazi, I am not inviting you into my home. You are not included in the people on my invite list. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's just going to be so. I tell people on Planet JWoww. I say, you know, you talk about, you know, sex and superpowers. I have four simple absolute rules on Planet JWoww around the rootedness and the root system of people's isness. All right. And it's named Planet JWoww because it's my planet and I can be as capricious as I want about (laughs) my rules. That's why I have my own planet. So people can't tell me what I get to do or don't do. I'm a 60 year old black woman. I had a whole lot of people tell me what I can't do. It's my damn planet. I get to say who gets included. Mm-hmm. If you are having sex with children, cadavers, animals, or feces, you are not allowed on my planet. <laughs> I don't think that's unreasonable. Mm-hmm. Pretty much anything else is game. Trust me, have you met my friends? <laughs> okay, shout out to my kitten community. All right. So that inclusion, that sense, that connotation of embrace 
is further augmented by welcome. Welcome is active inclusion. Mm. Get that? Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So you've got inclusion, welcome, which is welcome is also empowered receptivity. We will come back to that in a moment. Feels like also invitation. Welcome. Welcome is invitation is a subset of welcome. Okay. They are not interchangeable if you're being accurate. And we will come back to that too. Okay. All right. And then there's empowerment. So when you welcome someone in, it would be lovely if you also empowered them. An example, there's a grant out there. It's a grant. It's a scholarship that the KKK has for any black person who would like the to have their entire college tuition, all of their books, everything paid for by the KKK so that they can say, yeah, right? Because um, they want to make sure that they can say that you can always buy a nigger. Wow. Right? <laughs> They've had that up for about 150 years. Nobody's taking them up on it. Hmm. They're welcoming. There's nothing empowering about that. Right. See what I'm saying? So inclusion, welcome, and empower hyphen M-E-A-N-T. Don't talk about being empowering unless you mean it. Mm. Mm-hmm. This makes sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. So there's a robustness to what's available in inclusion the way that I am using it, the way I am defining it, that is not inside of being inclusive. You feel the difference? Yeah. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> um, yeah, there's, there's so much richness in everything you just shared. I'm just letting it percolate for a moment here. Um, one of the things, because your focus is so deep on language and you go so beautifully nuanced with it, and I, I love it, even just to the level of saying, you know, I'm going to have a conversation with parents instead of a conversation, right? It's like these, these, these minor shifts and, and they feel very, um, I, I'm tempted to say unique to you because there's a truth in that. And I also, um, one of the things that I have come up against um, a lot in, in this work, in this space, in this time that we're in, and something I see happening a lot, is a dogma being created around language and um, a definition of terms. And it, it in and of itself creates a level of exclusion that I think is an unintentional you know it's when I hear you talk you're exclude you're like fully aware of your exclusion process and you're very intentional with it but but what I'm seeing happening is like in the name of inclusivity there is unintentional drastic and dramatic exclusion happening and we're excluding people who were who we are not actually wanting to exclude 
and I see you. So, so JWoww and I are doing video right now, which I don't usually do on this podcast. This was a, an explicit request from her um, that I'm honoring. And, and so there's, there's something happening here that you all can't see. She's yes. Yeah. Cause I don't want to interrupt you. And so that's my version of amen, because I don't want to talk over you. Yeah. And yeah. Yes. Yeah. You bet. You bet. So how, so how do you respond to that? And how do you, what's, what's your process with that? How, how do you speak to what's occurring right now in that domain? Okay. So we're going to go deep. I'm assuming that anybody listening to you, cause I've met you and you're wonderful <laughs> and you're smart and you love diving deep. So I assume the people who are following you are about all that. So we're just going to dive all in this. Let's do okay? it. That's what we do here. Buck naked in chocolate sauce. Here yes. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Or as I say to people, welcome to Planet JWoww. We'll be cruising at 5 million feet. Strap <laughs> in. We'll be serving coffee and tea in approximately 15 minutes. Okay. So with that said, here's the thing. That you mentioned the intentionality is what makes a difference. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between a laser gun in the hands of a black ops sniper and a, the same laser gun in the hands of a really strong baby. The second <laughs> one is really dangerous. So that lack of intentionality means that this incredible power that is inherent in languaging is being used indiscriminately. And so of course you get people pulling the Edward Scissorhands in a massage school kind of mess with what it is that they say. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so my the reason why I go with language is this. Because I'm going to define why I do the precision language thing and then talk about culture and what the issue is with the lack of um emotional development in culture, which is part of why the languaging is dangerous. That's where we're going. Great. Ready? Let's do it. All right, I'm going to do this fast. Y'all can go back and listen to this and just bear with me. Languaging generates reality. Here's what I mean by that. It's called the languaging sequence on planet JWoww. And I keep saying on planet JWoww, I have my own planet so that I can do what needs to happen with languaging and make it sexy enough for 8 billion people to come play with me and grow up around languaging. That's why I have my own planet. I've got this. You do. Okay. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. So it goes like this. When you control the language, you control the imagination. When you control the imagination, you control the narrative. When you control the narrative, you control the culture. And when you control the culture, you control or steward the reality. Ask anybody who lived under apartheid in South Africa. It was really simple. All they did was control the language. They said, we have a low melanin count. You have a high melanin count. We have a language that goes with our low melanin count. You got a language that goes with your high melanin count. If your high melanin count self learns our low melanin count language, we will take you in a back room, cut your arms and legs off, and eat a burrito while we watch you bleed out and scream. So if you're into dismemberment, then learn our language. It was just that. They controlled an entire country simply by controlling the language. And that's not simplistic. That's what's underneath everything about apartheid. Go look. They controlled the language and everything else came out of that. Because when you control the language, you control the imagination. You cannot claim what you cannot name. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. You got a wall that's 9,000 feet long, 9,000 feet high, 9,000 feet deep, and 70 feet thick. You are not getting around that anytime soon unless you have a languaging concept called through. Without through, door, access, egress, portal, gateway, without anything that has that concept of through in it, you are stuck. The instant you have through, then you have options for how to get to the other side of the wall. You cannot claim being able to get to the other side of the wall unless you have that concept. Languaging, it's not that the word is, it's the speaking is for existence. Okay, so damaging languaging. First of all, people are also using a language. Did I mention that I have my own planet? I meant to mention that I have my own planet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, I did. Okay, good. I just want to check. All right, so people are using a languaging of a patriarchy. I don't have anything against patriarchies if you're into, into having men be in the ascendant. I mean, let's try this again. I have everything against patriarchies because <laughs> men are in the ascendant. I have everything against matriarchies because women are in the ascendant. Mm-hmm. I want a humanarchy. I don't care whether you have an any or an Audi. Mm-hmm. That's not my concern. Can you fuck with a mirror without, a can- uh, without mechanical assistance? And are you accountable for your actions? That's where I'm starting. Mm-hmm. Got that? Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So this damaging languaging is based in divisiveness as opposed to what I call on planet JWoww, diversiveness as in diversity, okay, because they lie and they euphemize things. I'm taking you on a little journey here, on a little cultural journey. So we have a culture that we live in where devil's food cake is dark and angel food cake is light. But when you're having a black day, it means that your day sucks. Okay, I'm in a dark brown skin. Yeah. Okay, and there are lots of examples like that. If you're looking for them, you'll find them. I looked up white children, friends with black children, and 30 pictures in, there was a picture of a white child kissing a monkey. That's on Google. That's the world we live in. So the way to make sure that that divisiveness continues is you just don't tell the whole truth. The best liars are the ones who tell partial truths. So here's a partial truth. United we stand, divided we fall. That's not true. United we stand, divisive we fall. Division's not a problem. If you don't have division, you don't have human beings. You have a bunch of amoebas running around talking with each other and not knowing what to do. Division is important. Division is what creates both divisiveness and diversity. Diversity is specialization. Diversity is stew. I'm a stew girl, not a puree girl. If I want a puree, I'd buy Gerber's. Okay? <laughs> I want me some stew. I want some chunks of meat and some chunks of potatoes. Y'all can't see me. This 220-pound body is not built on steamed vegetables. Okay? I want some <laughs> stew. Right? And so I want diversity, not a melting pot. So, yes. speak the truth. Yeah. And divisive we fall. Yes. Get this? Yeah, and I think it's so, it's such a critical distinction because 
I think a lot of times when we talk about diversity, people automatically, our minds go to quote unquote marginalized com- communities and populations, right? And that's not what diversity in its essence means. Bingo. Diversity means having all different kinds of, of flavors and tastes, including the mainstream at the table, right? And, and here's the thing, like people talk about me being neurodivergent. Again, if you don't know this, I'm a 24-person multiple. I carry 24 souls in one body. I'm also autistic, full-blown autistic, not Asperger's, okay? And so for me, I am not neurodivergent. I'm neurodiverse, and those are not the same. Divergent means that there is a mainstream that I diverge off of, just like There's Americans, and then there's every other kind of American, which means essentially the euphemism of if you are white and born in America, you're an American. And then there's other things, like African-Americans and, you know, Asian-Americans, da-da-da-da-da. But when you say African-American, what you're saying is that a real core-level American is a white person. That's what that statement is. That's Mm -hmm. why, for example, I like people are like, well, I want to be a person of color because I want to be a positive thing. I'm like, I'm 60 years old. I am clear that person of color is a euphemism for colored people. And we all know where that was. And by the way, everybody's colored. White is a color. So if I'm having a conversation, I'm not there. There isn't a race war in America. This is an example of precision languaging. There's a melanin war. There are a whole bunch of people who are pissed at me because I tan faster. Okay. Which doesn't make any sense. Duh. Duh. When you get it out of all of the stigma and mess and get it down to what's really at a baseline level, what we are talking about is people being upset because other people have a higher melanin count. Yeah. Okay. Which is ridiculous. That's my point. It is ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah. So, languaging wise, why don't we? be precise and de-euphemize the language. Here's an example. We talk about and and be robust in that de-euphemizing. Never judge a person until you walked a mile in their shoes. All the hippies are saying hooray right now. Okay, because that's a good thing to do. Well, let's get real about that. Never judge a person until you walk again on Planet JWoww. Never judge a person until you walked a mile in their shoes. That way, if they still turn out to be an asshole, you a mile away, you got their shoes. Okay. (laughs) And here's another thing. Do people realize that never judge a person until you walk a mile in their shoes is the ethos of a domestic violence victim? Oh, I need to walk another 10 miles in his shoes and then maybe he'll stop hitting me in the face with the frying pan. Okay, well, he hit me again. So maybe I need to walk another 30 miles in his shoes Hmm. so that he'll stop hitting my kids in the head with the frying pan or raping my daughter. Oh, maybe I need to walk another 60 miles in his shoes. Okay, let's get real about what we call on Planet JWoww, the sass, the shadow and shine of the sphere of context in which we are operating. That's the problem with the languaging. People are not ultimately willing to be accountable for the robustness of the contexts that they create with the content of their words. That's the problem. 
Mm-hmm. And that's why the language of inclusion, welcome and empowerment works so well that my chocolate brown face, and I don't mean totally milk chocolate, sat down in front of a Nazi and a KKK member on two different occasions. And by the time I was done speaking with them for 45 minutes, they said out loud, I need to go home and rethink my position on Negroes. What happens when that kind of languaging is in the mouths of other people with low melanin counts? We can build a global culture of inclusion, welcome, and empowerment when we have a language that makes room for empowering all diversities that are willing to be diversities and not diversive and not divisive. So, so let's, um, I, I'm really intrigued by what you just said. And, and I've heard you, you know, share similar things um, of, of experiences like what you just talked about sitting now with the, the KKK member. Um, and I want to tie that in with what you said at the beginning of this conversation where you're like on planet JWoww, if you're in, in the KKK or you're a Nazi, you're not welcome. So, so t- can you can you can you bridge that contrast for for us? And I love that you said bridging, <laughs> because that ties in with the saying that's a credo for Planet JWoww: bridging beyond blaming. I didn't say they were on Planet JWoww, and I was talking with them. I, was mm-hmm. I said I talked with them mm-hmm. in their world where they felt safe enough to speak with me. Mm-hmm. I didn't invite them on the Planet JWoww. I talked with them where they felt safe and they felt empowered because I'm empowered everywhere I go because it's about what you just said, building bridges, Mm -hmm. mutual exclusivity, otherwise known as a gap. Mutual exclusivity is an excellent indicator of spaces yearning for bridges to be built. If there's a gap, then let's have a conversation about how the bridge is going to get built. Here's the thing about that bridge building. The caliber of the dust with which we make our bricks affects the strength of the bridges we get to build. Mm. If you get the dust for your bricks from Chernobyl, your bridge sucks. (laughs) (laughs) That's real. You can have the you can you can have Frank Lloyd Wright crawl up out the grave, dust himself off, and build and design your bridge. If your dust for your bricks comes from Chernobyl, your bridge is still gonna suck. It'll be pretty. It's still gonna suck. Mm-hmm. Okay. And when I talk about that, I'm talking about our children. When we want to build bridges, that's why I started this ending racism course with children under the age of twelve. Parents with children under the age of twelve. It's why I started with white parents of white children, because when we build better allies, then we have a better chance of disenfranchised and marginalized people having some safe place to go. See, I'm always thinking, where do we need to be? And then how do we make that a better place before we get there? So that when we build the bridges, it all works. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Bridging beyond blaming. That's how we get it done. That makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, and I love, I love that visual of it's like, we're not building a bridge into uncharted territory where we need to hack through it with the machete. We're, we're building a bridge to cultivated land 
so that there can be easy access both ways, right? We know, and here's here's the reason. I'm not looking to be a colonizer. So I'm going to go over and ask and check in with the ancestors, the ancestors of the land. Is it cool that I build a bridge here? Oh, I need to be nine acres to the right so that I'm not building a bridge on some sacred thing where you guys are resting. No problem. I'll figure out a way to build a bridge nine acres over to the right. Thank you for telling me where I need to go. Cool. Right? When you take the time to be receptive as opposed to simply penetrative, instead of talking about gender of masculine and feminine, let's talk about penetrative and receptive, which has no gender. Yes. Then you are doing both. We're back to the welcome conversation. I want to be welcomed where I land. And if I'm not welcomed, then why am I there? Oh, maybe it's to have people not be afraid so that I can be welcomed so that they can see that I'm not here to take over. I'm here to share with them and learn from them. So that's so I want I want to take this into practical for a moment because I yeah. love I love the picture that's getting painted and I, I let's let's come back to the the um the the instance that you offered that was real how did you end up in a conversation with a Nazi and a KKK <laughs> member like like how like how does that happen that happens when you have a life where you trust spirit mm-hmm. okay so I'm an accidental shaman. <laughs> right? I'm a yuppie, you know, who acci- literally accidentally became a shaman. I was singing a whole bunch of goddessy names and stuff on this thing called goddess chant. And next thing I knew, I had a tribe. And next thing I knew, I was becoming a shaman. I'm like, well, how did this happen? And so I, out of that shaman place, I made a deal with spirit because I make deals with deities all the time. They're my friends. I'm like, okay, seriously, I'm not the sharpest sword in the rack. So here's how this needs to go down. If you pull on any of that riddle or fickle shit with me, this ain't happening. Okay, you can pull that with everybody else and they're down on their knees and they let you pull that stuff off. That's not happening here. You need to be real blunt and real straight or I'm going to miss it. So when I want a sign, I don't want the, well, you know, riddle me this because I'm the sphinx thing. I want me at a stop sign with an 18-wheeler whose engine falls out across the way so that it can't move until I read the sign on the painted on the side of it that says, Julie Carroll Woods, this sign is for you, colon, and then you spell out <laughs> in number order what it is you want me to do. And then I'm all up in that puppy and I'll do it. But that's the kind of sign I need. Okay. So when spirit says, go talk with someone, I don't question that. Mm-hmm. That's like me in Whole Foods in the checkout line. Gathering up my stuff and spirit says, go to the razor department and say this to the woman standing there. And I'm like, wow, okay, well, I guess I'm going to be late. So I left my stuff at the, the manager's desk there and I went to the razor department. There's one woman standing there and she's just standing, looking at the razors. And I walk up to her and I said, ma'am, I'm a shaman and I don't need an intrude. And spirit, I was on my way out the door and spirit said, I was supposed to come to you and say this. And I said it and she burst into tears. Mm-hmm. She said... My father died three days ago, and I'm here, and so I automatically came here because he loves these razors, and then I realized that I don't need to buy it, and I don't know what to do, and he always said what you just said. Wow. So I feel like he's here with me. 
And then she was able to move on. So spirit said, go talk to this person. And I was like, hi, how you doing? And they looked at me like I was cross-eyed, you know, because, you know, because Nazi. And, right? <laughs> and I'm like, you know, you having a good day? He's like, yeah. And something about me, next thing we knew, we were in a just regular conversation and just talking about general stuff because Nazis are humans. Mm-hmm. And then we got to talking about other things. And then I saw the swastika on his neck. And I'm like, well, I sure am impressed. Are you a Nazi? It's like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's the swastika. It's a dead giveaway. <laughs> and we laughed about that. And I'm like, can I ask you some stuff? It's like, seriously? Like, yeah. So we talked about commonalities. And next thing he knew, he was asking me stuff. Hmm. The spirit works through me with people. Mm-hmm. Now, he must have been ready. And then we kept talking. He wanted to talk. I'm going to talk. I mean, who gets, what Negro gets to say that they sat down and had a great conversation with a Nazi? <laughs> like, no, that's just too much fun. I'm not going to pass that up. <laughs> <laughs> that's too good a story. Mm-hmm. Similar story with the KKK guy. Right. One of my dearest friends, a very, very wise man, said to me, people need to pay respect to you. And I mean, as in pay you like money mm-hmm. because you're getting paid to sell folks on their greatness and their power. So when you're making six hundred plus dollars an hour, it's going to be because you're condensing 60 years of oppression down to an hour so white folks can grow. Mm. Isn't that beautiful? Mm hmm. Trump supporter. Mm. Mm. So I tell people, you don't get to talk about Trump supporters all being something or other because I don't believe in absolutism. That man has got my back. Yes. This is how we get bridges built. He's like, I don't agree with him. He doesn't agree with me about Trump. Pretty much everything else, we are just about in lockstep. Him supporting my initiatives to, you know, to get entrepreneurship into inner city schools and rural schools, you know, the things that I want to do in the world. The man's a multimillionaire. He's like, you have good stuff. I am all up on your back. And I don't think Trump is the asshole that everybody thinks he is. I think he's misunderstood. And I'm like, that's cool. What bridge are we building today? It's just that. Yeah. Okay. I will build bridges with good humans. We all do stupid shit. Mm-hmm. Shit, by the way, stands for sacred, healthy, intimate teaching. <laughs> okay, because that's where you learn stuff. We all do something. So this, this throwing of stones that people are doing, a friend of mine coined a phrase, Kaladasi Burgess, I love you. She says, hashtag, woker than thou. There are a whole bunch of yeah. white people out mm-hmm. there throwing shade about appropriation and stuff. I'm like, sweetheart, don't use words you don't know the meaning of. Okay, when a white person is putting energy into educating people about the lineage from which they've learned the thing that they are bringing forward into the mainstream so that it does not die, you don't start screaming at them about appropriation. That's not where you scream that. Right. Okay, you scream that at that spunky squaw woman. Okay, that, like, be real and know what you're talking about. Here's a perfect example. 
So there's there are more and more of these gorgeous women, you know, you know tantra and and, and you know belly dance. Oh yeah, we've like got that. them on the show all the time. <laughs> Yum, and they're photogenic, and so they're putting up their sexiest pictures, and then underneath they're saying, "Now that I've got your attention, let's talk about Black Lives Matter and mm-hmm. how it is to stop killing black people." And people, other white people, have the unmitigated gall. To throw shade at them. And A, my first response, I'm about to get on the, the thread of one of these children who's throwing shade and say, uh, stop, because when she puts up stuff about Black Lives Matter, none of you pay attention. So she's doing what is necessary, composting her privilege into leverage to get attention, and it works. If you don't have the spine or the guts to do the same, then get out of the way. Yes. But you don't get to tear her down for be- having that kind of courage and setting out to make a difference. I see you sitting on your thumbs. Why don't you be quiet until you grow enough of a spine to actually do something instead of throwing shade at people who are actually getting something done? Mm-hmm. Okay, because there are a whole bunch of black people out there dying while you sit around and have your pseudo appropriation conversation because it makes you feel like you've made a difference. Yeah. There are no bridges there. Bridging is what's going to save us. And accuracy in language will save us. Tatiana Berenday. People talk about anti-racism. I don't believe in anti-racism. I have absolutely no interest in anti-racism. I have every interest in ending racism because anti-racism is a bunch of revolutionaries talking and revolutionaries, look at the name, revolve around the very thing against which they rebel. Right. Can we just like not have the thing right. and end it? Can we end all the isms that create schisms? Can mm-hmm. we do that? Mm-hmm. I'd really love that. I would I have old dark chocolate brown nephew who I'd like to have C30. Yeah. That'd be great. So we need a whole bunch of white people to get off the dime because the truth is hobbled allies do not gain us ground. That's why the white woman, Ronnie Jean Andrews Neal, who's my co-creator on Planet JWOP. We are a photo op. <laughs> you know, she's a stunning, voluptuous redhead mm-hmm. from, as Juju calls it, Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> right? And we're co-creating a planet and she's just as precise in her languaging as I am because it's about, and it's not about, or have your cake, you know, and you know, you can't have your cake and eat it too is a way of saying, you know, have your cake or eat it too. And I'm like, no, somebody says, you know, Jaywalk, would you like chocolate or vanilla? I'd say yes. <laughs> okay. Because here's the thing. It's a math game. Bake two cakes. Yeah. Not rocket science, sweet ones. It's an and. So I'm going to have Black Lives Matter and Every Life Matters. Because one of the ways that languaging steals our power, power being defined as the ability to influence that which is not our isness, our power gets stolen when they tell us that we have to choose whether or not we build the bridges and i'm like 
no, I'm going to have the Black Lives Matter and the All Lives Matter. Want to drive a racist crazy? It's so much fun. Oh, no, 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 no. It's so much fun. The next time you say Black Lives Matter and they say, well, All Lives Matter, you go, absolutely. I completely agree. The look on their faces is like, it, it will make your day. Okay. Because they're all geared up for the fight with the liberal. Ha ha ha. I told that liberal all lives matter. You're like, oh no, I completely agree. You're like, well, I, I was like, yeah, all lives matter. They just happen to be killing black people in the street and hunting them down like dogs and leaving them to die. So we're just going to start with the black people so that that stops. And then we'll take care of the trans people and everybody else too. But right now, so right now we're just going to focus all our powers on black lives so we can take care of all lives. Would that be okay? So we definitely want to take care of all lives. Is that going to be all right with you? You can't see me. I've got a Dennis wet dream grin on my face. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And is how I did that conversation with the Nazi and mm-hmm. the KKK. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think what you said about making that commitment with spirit to say, like, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to question what you tell me to do. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to show up to it and I'm going to say yes to it. And you can't hear those messages when, when you are stuck in a place of fear and othering and defending, you can't hear what spirit is trying to tell you. You also can't hear it when you're being shamed. Yeah. Like people say shit all the time. You know what we should do? And the instant I say, stop. Okay. Don't shit on me. I'm not that chick. And you don't look like a baby to me, so don't shit on yourself. Okay, because should is cultural shame capping the personal potential of could. Mm-hmm. You get that? Mm-hmm. Okay, so that shaming thing, it's really hard to hear what to do when you're terrified that people are going to judge you or see yes. you as a villain or yes. any of that stuff. Look at my face. Look at how much I don't care about what 8 billion people think about what I'm doing. I'm the chick that swims out when someone's drowning and socks them in the jaw <laughs> to try to drown me too, and then toes their ass back to shore, make sure that they don't drown. It's like, yeah, sorry, knocked out one of your teeth. You're going to have to fix that. You're not dead, so you can fix it. Okay, you're the one who was trying to drown me, so I stopped us both from drowning, and now you get to be alive and be pissed at me. I'm good with that. Yeah. So if I need to sock the world in the jaw in order to keep it from drowning, I'm all up in that puppy. I'll hit you in the jaw with a with a uh, brass knuckles if that's what's necessary. Okay. Yeah, I, I see a lot of people. I know a lot of people and I myself have had moments where I'm like, you know what, I'm just not going to speak because I don't want the shit storm that's going to yeah. that's going to cascade from the misunderstanding, the projection, the all of it. It's like I, I it's it's it would be more effort for me to try to open my mouth and be totally misunderstood and projected on than to just stay quiet right now. And I, I, I know I'm not the only one. No, you're not, especially as a white person, because it's really confusing to be white right now. Okay, so we really need white people to speak up, except we need for you to be silent so that black voices and other voices that are not white can be heard. So if you could just be silent while you speak up, that would be really great. 
<laughs> so I tell people, look, uh, so there's a thing called the actionism matrix that spirit gave me. Okay. Actionism is beyond activism. Look at it this way. If someone said, you want to get things done, we're here to help. You can either choose activities or action. Which one would you like? Most people will pick action because action is directed and you're doing the thing and it sounds different. You know, activity could just be a bunch of, you know, coked out headless chickens. It has nothing to do with what you want to get done. So you pick action. I've got the ABCs, one, two, threes of actionism. And it's a matrix so that white people know what to do. Sort of like disco. Disco <laughs> was R&B for white people. It's like, here's the beat, okay? Like, you can't miss it. All right, here it is. You know, no syncopation, nothing. Here's the beat. You can do it. You can do it. Flail those limbs. Okay? <laughs> And so, this. I love you. <laughs> oh. yeah, I live in California. You ever seen Surfer Boys dance? All right. Not now, because Surfer Boys can dance now. I'm talking about back in the 70s. Yeah. All right. Before the fifth dimension. So, you got, you got this action as a matrix so that white people know what to do. I already have protest, peaceful protest leaders who want me to finish writing this book, which will be out at the end of October, right, on actionism so they can tell all their white allies, here, this is what you can do. When I've got powerful older white people who are like, I feel useless, that makes me crazy. Yeah. You can sit, look at me. My fat ass is sitting in this chair 20 hours a day making a difference in the world. It's not all about, because there are plenty of people marching who are busy talking about their Gucci bags and they're just doing it because it's trend happy right now. Yeah. Okay. So it's not all about the front lines. Sometimes the front lines are your bedroom and your fingers on a keyboard. The front lines are wherever the stuff is getting done. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So we're talking about actionism. Help me. Where's my train? Because you. Well, I was talking about, you know, white people sort of not knowing, like just choosing not to speak. Oh. So, so the choosing not to speak thing. Sometimes if you speak up, it means that you'll lose all of your clients so that then you can't feed your family. That's a reason not to speak up. Mm-hmm. What's your oldest daughter's name? Sana. Sana. Okay. If someone told you that that thing that you didn't speak up on because the shitstorm would come your way, if you don't speak up on it within the next hour, we will kidnap her and yeah. you'll never see her. Would you speak up? Absolutely. Okay, yeah, that's it. bottom line. Now, if they told you that you needed to be a skinny black man by, you know, six o'clock this evening, she'd be in trouble because that's not going to happen, right. Tatiana. Right. Okay, that's a can't. It's a won't. It's a choice. Here's the thing. I have no choice about the color of my skin. And so the chances are exponentially greater for me that I walk out of this house and I can get shot for no reason than they are for you. So for me, the choice of speaking up 
is one that means that I've got more of a chance of equalizing everyone's right to not die. Yeah. And so I'm going to speak up because that's my personal commitment. It is not everyone's personal commitment to be inconvenienced by all of that. Here's the thing. All white people listening to this, whenever you listen to it, including the lovely woman in front of me, I want you to hear me on this. I'm not joking. Yes, you see my shit talking face. Here's the thing. You're going to screw it up. Yeah. There will be a shit storm and you're going to, you're not just going to screw the pooch. You're going to screw the kennel. It's going to happen. Now that we've established that, learn how to screw it up less and less and less. And learn how to be okay with screwing it up. I had a, I had a, a theater teacher tell me yeah. when I was in college. She, she called me out in front of the whole class. She just looked at me. She said, you're going to have to learn how to fuck up in front of people. Oh, that's real. Yeah. <laughs> that's real. Uh-huh. You know, because Posted Glue was a fuck up. Posted Glue was supposed to be the, did you know this? It was supposed Wait. to be the strongest glue, the, the glue that. Oh, that Post-it makes- Glue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. It was supposed to be the strongest glue ever made. Right. They blew it. At the heart of every mistake are the seeds of a great wake-up call. By the way, when I get depressed, I quote myself. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Megalomania, put to good use, reporting for duty. All right. (laughs) Must be the ego. Right? Because that's the other piece. Nobody wants to be a villain. I don't care if people like me or not. I care whether or not they make a better world. You can hate me all the way to the end of racism. You can hate me and curse my name every step of the way. And I will be great with that. If I can piss you off enough to ensure that racism ends, I am all over that, like brown on an Ayurvedic hippie's rice. I am not lying. Okay? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I love you so very much. Um, Yeah, and I think a lot of people... I know for me, it's taken taken doing this show for a couple years. It's being willing to, to be out front and to, to say things and have them recorded in perpetuity and out in the ethers. And I can't take that shit back. Um, you know, and, and I, and I have made mistakes and I, and I'm, and when I am in a place and I'm centered and I know who I am, it it doesn't matter. That's right. People can throw shit at me all day long and it doesn't matter because I know who I am. That's right. And you, and even if you don't, The bottom line is, do you care enough to risk it? I tell people, I'm autistic. All of what you hear is learned charisma. I'm pathologically shy. That's true. All of this I learned. I I wrote out a six-inch thick binder because the kids in my neighborhood used to stone me to try and kill me. And I noticed that other kids weren't getting stoned. And left like a dog to die in the street. So I wrote down everything they did, every twitch of their eyebrow, where their languaging landed, everything. And I memorized it and I practiced it. And that's what's in front of you. It is more important to me 
for the world to get better than it is for me to hide because of my autism. And it's just that simple for me. I'm an autistic savant. This is how I get to use my brains to make a difference. End of story. Nothing more important to me than 8 billion people getting lifted up so that the wars end and the hunger ends and the hatred ends. Nothing more important to me than saying the things that make people laugh and have them feel less hopeless and maybe to the point where they actually have hope, less helpless to the point where maybe they actually know that they can help or are willing to try. And if I can do that, And that's more important to me than the fact that my heart is racing every time I talk with a human being. It's that simple, Tatiana. If I can inspire people to do right, then it's going to get better for everybody. So I'm going to do that. Yes. I want everybody to do that. Yes. Pretty please. For those of you who are listening to this, I'm plugging myself like a mad dog. Mm-hmm. If you got a fuck you and you're white and you don't know what black person to talk to, talk to me. Get your class together. We will talk. I will talk with you and teach you how to be better allies in everything, not just about race. Because there's a thing about being a great ally across all intersectional lines. What you do in one place, you can do every place. Let's do that. I want to talk to the world about this. I want the world to be inspired to stand up. I want bridges to be built between mainstream and mountain. I want folks with money to take care of those who don't have it with glee. I want folks who are doing right in arenas where they don't get paid and they're doing right to be proud when they say, hey, I could use a hand here monetarily and have folks who are busy in this, the magic of making money to go. Fantastic. Would love to help you. It would be my honor. I want to inspire a reciprocity where people are loved and cherished for what they do well. And they have an opportunity to bridge with other people who do things well. Not everybody is special. Not everybody is important. Everybody matters. They didn't say black lives are important. They said black lives matter. Everyone matters. Important and special. That's when you work your tail off. Now, some people think they're important because they're old. Some people think they're important because they've done big things, even though they are asshole big things. <laughs> Okay, mm-hmm. you know, I've killed four million people. That makes me important. It makes you dangerous and it makes you an asshole. Okay, doesn't make you the important, the kind of important that matters. Did I mention I have my own planet? Mm-hmm. So I get to define what important means, a bunch of other stuff. You got to do right over here. Sometimes you got to do wrong, do right. That's okay. As long as ultimately what you're doing is doing right because... It feels good to do good to do more good. So that's why I'm linking pleasure and bliss with doing good. I'm not the urban 
I don't particularly feel good. And so I'm going to get through my day shaman. I'm the urban bliss shaman. All right. When you associate bliss and pleasure with doing good and doing right, you will do more of that because you're doing a neuro association. Mm -hmm. Not Mm -hmm. stupid. Don't tell the kids if they're vitamins and Cheerios. Okay. Let's just keep associating doing good and the pretty. Let's do, if there are enough pictures of gorgeous people and, you know, bodybuilders who are all oiled up and photogenic this and da-da-da that, that keep saying, now that I've got your attention, Black Lives Matter and All Lives Matter, right? There are enough of them. People will pay attention. Mm -hmm. It's just a thing because Mm -hmm. they associate the pleasure of seeing these people with that thing. Well, maybe I need to do something so I can see more of them. Yay. Vote with your haughtiness. Okay. You're like, use it. Right. Yeah. I, I think that's really, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're, you're mentioning that. Cause I think we can have, you know, especially in the space that I work in with like, you know, women and in bodies and all of the stuff that we can have around those bodies, you know, and we're trying to sort of dismantle the status quo image of what sexy is. And so it can be triggering if you're in that space of you're, you're, you're trying to, trying to unravel that and, and be in your sexiness, no matter what your body looks like. And then you have that thrown in your face left and right here and there. It's, you can, you can have your feelings around that. And, and that's your continual work to do. And that doesn't deny the fact that that, that system is set up that way, that we, our brains are wired in that way. You and I have talked about this with like body hair and the hippies being willing to shave their legs to go into a business meeting because it, it's like you can have all your feelings about that and about how that shouldn't be or it needs to be different. But that is the way that it is. So let's use it. If if you've got it, use it right now so that we can change it, so that we can change it. But right now, if that's the way it is, let's stop denying that that's the way it is and hating that that's the way it is and use what we have in this, what it is, to change it. You got it. You completely nailed it. And by the way, it wasn't leg shaving. It was using deodorant. <laughs> Right. You know, yeah. I had somebody I'm like, I can, you know, I want to take you to this business meeting. He said, well, I'm not going to use deodorant because I don't use deodorant. I'm like, okay, that's cool. And I'm not taking you to the business meeting because I'm not going to do that. Right. You know, and it's just that this is, we're playing a game. I'm building a bridge. You're not going to screw up my bridge. So, you know, and, and, and you also need the people who are like, I'm taking a stand. Deodorant is bad. And right. You need that. Remember it's an, and it's yeah. an, and it's an, and, it's an and. Yes. Okay. Yes. And, and yes. And because we need to be able to stand in our, in our stance without needing everyone else to stand in where we are. Then you, then you're in dogma land. Right. I've got no interest in the dogma thing. Well, well that, that um, it negates diversity. You cannot have diversity in dogma. And I'm really, I'm, I'm a stew girl. I meant that. Yeah. I'm all up in that. Yeah. So yeah, this is, this is how we get innovative about using the system to, it's not like people are like, you know, dismantle the system. Well, only if you're going to 
keep the baby when you throw out the bathwater. And the best way I know to, I don't know, call me silly to keep the baby when you throw out the bathwater is to hold on to the baby and throw out the bathwater. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, you know, it might be a physics thing or something, it might be too complicated for people, but you know, the and, you know, that that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Right? So there are parts of the thing that work, you know, like technology. Right. Okay. And there are parts that don't, like how that technology sometimes gets used. Right. And so let's be discerning. Let's be accountable. Let's not let ourselves be dumbed down and numbed out and made lazy so that we aren't precise in our words and therefore we are imprecise in our concepts. Therefore, we don't have precision in how we build our culture. That's at the root of the mess. You know, you talk about the sex side of things. What we're talking about is roots. We're talking about root culture. It's literally root chakra. Mm -hmm. It's root culture. We have objectified it in order to steal the power. We have not. The powers that be have objectified the thing that precedes the ability to make a baby that is the province of women. So we can just, if we can control the sex thing, then we can control women because it precedes that. So we'll just control that. We'll objectify it. And we'll, from there, shame women culturally about sex, and then we'll control what they do about whether they open their legs or not, and how they feel when we make them open their legs when they don't want to. Okay? Like, that's what that whole mess is. Because it comes out of moving up what I call the humanity journey. You know, humans moving in their divinity. Uh Right? Mm -hmm. And so, it starts with people think baseline of being alive, is staying alive, and it's not. Baseline of being alive is not dying. If you don't die enough times and well enough, you get to safety. If you do the safety consistently enough and contiguously, you'll get to security. If you're able to establish security consistently for self and other, that sovereignty. So if you want the sovereignty of agent, the agency that comes with sovereignty, the agency that's at the root of choice versus decision, if you want that, then you need to start with, you know, not dying. Yeah. And being good at that so that you can get to safety. And so many folks who do root work, Tantric folks, you know, the sexual yoga people, the people who are doing sexual healing, they haven't gone into what does safety look like first? Yeah. Because it changes their work. Yep. So you asked at the beginning of this, what's my superpower? Hmm. The only perpetual motion machine on the planet is between my nose and my chin. That's my superpower. I will talk your ass into doing the right thing. <laughs> uh, I we're coming to the end of our time. I hear my my baby out there, and 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 we've got to wrap up here. And I I just want to thank you so much for coming on the show for 
for sharing everything that came through you. This is really beautiful and really potent. And I'm just so grateful that this now exists in perpetuity out in the electronic ethers for people to find and absorb. Um, there's so much richness in this conversation today. So just from the depths of my heart, thank you. Thank you. Um, tell people you can go to planetjwow.com to find out what, you know, trouble I'm getting into next. Beautiful. And what courses I have. And I do mean that. I want to work with everybody who's willing to work. I don't care about your melanin count, and I don't care what parts you have. If you're willing to build bridges beyond blaming, then I want to have a conversation with you about how we can make that happen. Thank you, Jay Wow. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Tatiana. I'm glad we finally did this, darling. Me too. Me too. It's a real honor to be asked. Thank you so much. And I'm real proud of you. I really Thank am. You. Thank you so much for getting this done, sweetheart. Thank you. You're welcome. And to all of our listeners out there, thank you so much for continuing to show up to these conversations and not just show up to the conversations passively, but I hope that you're taking this information and you're putting it out into the world through your life and through the way that you, you get to live and embody this information. Um, so go back and listen to it again until it feels like your cells have understood it enough that you can start to live this stuff because that's what we need right now. Uh, and if you have not yet gone and checked out superpowerexperts.com, then we have a whole ways to play with us section. Download the app so that you can listen to your favorite shows right there at your fingertips. Real easy. You can stream just the show that you want. All the episodes right there. You go to um, SuperpowerNet in the app store. Um, and find us that way. And until next time, go out and love yourself so that you can love the world more deeply. Many blessings. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today.